It's me, Dan, from Harmontown. You can hear episodes of our show and 30 others before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. The TuneIn app is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Podcast superfans get even more from their favorite shows. For four weeks, new episodes of Harmontown will be available a full 24 hours early, exclusively on TuneIn. Podcasts will release their new episodes early, including feral audio shows like Drinky Fun Time, Dome People Town, and Natural. Butte. Tune in is also full of content like live sports, news, music, and audiobooks. Get the next episode of Harmontown right now at the TuneIn app at tunein.com slash Harmontown. Hey, welcome. That was a little experimental fun time intro I was just playing around with. I have a new intro, super phased out loop machine I just created. I didn't just create it, but I created it. Hey, welcome to Twisting the Wind. It has occurred to me that this podcast has been going on for a decent amount of time, and I always fail to make an introduction at the beginning for the person who may just be joining this for the first time. I think I am. I think I'm sort of just acting like, yeah, y'all, you know what's going on. What's, yeah, hey, what's up? You know Buck and Trip and Tickle and Dude too. You know, you just, you ride in the middle seat in the back, all right? You know those guys. They'll be cool. You'll be fine with them a couple hours in the car. Don't worry. I'll see you in Memphis. That's what I've been doing, is doing that kind of thing. No one likes that, right? And sometimes we do if we're reading a book. Oh, throw me just throw me right in there. Throw me right in the mix of the what you're trying to talk about. I want to. I want to. I'll look up the words. I'll look up the words as I read. Okay. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. This is a podcast. I'm Johnny Pemberton. I guess I'm the host of this. Host is not a really good, really good word. I think because hosting implies some type of like actual duties or maybe I'm wrangling or I guess it's a host. I just I've been a host in something else before that was much different than this. I'll say I'm maybe the curator. How about that? I like that sound. That's kind of a modern word people like using now. Adds a flair of importance to something that probably is not. Who curated this uh, this buffet? Ooh, was that James McQueenston? He cur- he's a buffet curator. Oh, you mean he's like a he's like a cook? No, he's a buffet curator. He um before we had the eggs before the sausages, and he came in and he switched those around, and he explained why. Because what happens is, is the sausages need to be introduced before the eggs, or which way, whatever it is we had them, we had them wrong. And he showed us, and not that I remember how it was. And this with this, <laughs> oh God, I haven't made good on my promise that in such, I may, I said I'm going to introduce this podcast in a way that it's easy for someone to join for the first time, and I basically already, not, I've already failed on that. But this is what that's what this is. This is a podcast. It's a collection of uh, sounds to listen to. What I like to do here is uh, I will talk for a little bit here at the top, and as of late, I'd like to play a couple songs that I think are fun and great, and maybe have like a really high quality of aural expansion for the brain, the body, the soul, the mind. Just good stuff that, uh, 
good stuff. That's like the fucking, I hate good stuff. That's like one of those things you see now in, in uh, organic foods. Because organics hit the stratosphere. It's in the fucking airports now. What What's in this bar? I'll tell you what's in this bar. A lot of good stuff. Wink. We promise. Nothing but good stuff in our super fun sunshine bars. None of that stuff that's in those, none of that yucky, yucky stuff in those other bars. For $5 a pop, these are just nothing but good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff bars. And then he farted and poop came out of his face when he ate the good stuff bar in JFK, waiting for his flight. Life's good, right? You ever get one of those shirts? Life's good. Registered trademark. Life is good. <laughs> yeah, man, we're just barbecuing. Life is good. Registered trademark. Life is good. Registered trademark. That really gets my goat. I would like to know what that means, gets my goat. Because I was just thinking today, just talking about how nice it would be to have a goat as a pet. Anybody have a goat as a pet? Write me. Write me. Call in. There's no call. There's no way to call in. But write me, please, or do something. Tell me about your pet goat. I'd like to talk to someone who's got pet goats. Possibly a goat cheese farmer. Man, goats are something else. Nice little guys. Pretty fun. Like to climb up on uh, high structures. Like to eat everything. Goats. Goats. The new the new dog. Goats. <laughs> Intro music for the music section. Yes. Okay, we're here. Musica. Musica, 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 musica. Rasan Roland Kirk. This guy is one of my favorite people of all time. It's hard to really describe him or even just... Uh, it's like he's so much of a force and a special person in the music world. Not even just jazz. He's a jazz musician, but, you know, he doesn't... I don't think he lives inside of that by any means. If anyone breaks free of that, it's definitely him. He kind of... Uh, his main period of time was in the 60s. He was blind from uh, a pretty early age. Um, so that's, that's part of his life. And I do, he's a very outspoken guy, politically, all kinds of other, in all other ways. He used to play many instruments at the same time. He would play something called a stritch, which I think is some type of a Middle Eastern saxophone flute deal, and also this thing called a menzello, which I think is some kind of a modified, some kind of other saxophone that's, uh, like a rare or not used that much. And he would play these things. He would play them at the same time. He had this weird way of circular breathing. And the guy is a, I don't know, he's fucking amazing. He, he did so much, and he has so many great recordings. Uh, this is a song off of probably my favorite album of his. It's from 1961, the beginning of his uh, nice long stint with Mercury Records, which he put out some, oh my God, some amazing stuff. Uh, Domino, it's on another amazing record from him. In that that uh, that era, um, just the best. And if you ever get a chance to hear the, inf- oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going down this uh, this black hole now, both Rashawn Roland Kirk because it's so easy, because he's just so so great. Uh, he's was basically prolific through the '60s and and up into the early '70s, and he did have he had a stroke, which you know if it wasn't bad enough being a blind black man in the 60s, you have to have a stroke that paralyzes half of your fucking body. But of course, he pulls through and still is able to record by teaching himself a way around these things. 
enough about the talking. Let's listen to it. Enough talk. Enough, <laughs> enough talk. This is a song off of that album I mentioned, We Free Kings. It's called The Sack Full of Soul. And you can kind of, I think you can hear him uh, humming and kind of singing along with the uh, song as he's doing it, which he was known to do quite a bit. Here it is, A Sack Full of Soul. such amazing tone all throughout that's another thing he's playing with all these weird instruments all the goddamn time doing all this weird stuff but somehow he has this amazing tone that it's never shrill it's never harsh it's never it's never undesirable it's always this perfect warmness that it does some well i guess it does get a little shrill but it gets in its way that i think like is a, it's effective with the music he's making and playing i wish i could play all that entire album because it's that's it's so such a diverse album, and that's just and that's just one of his albums. Gosh, get it? Listen to that stuff. It's gonna blow, expand your brain. I know that Rashawn. At least I was told. I don't know how well documented this is because things of this nature usually aren't. But he used to experiment with LSD, and when he did, I think he had an interesting effect in him as a blind a blind man. And I would also often think about that as a young man when I was taking psychedelic drugs you know if i were to take them as a young man when i consider the idea of taking psychedelic drugs that what would that be like if you're blind because it's not gonna everyone always talks so much about the visual aspect of psychedelics you know oh look at the purple and all these other crap and and i uh when i learned about his uh him taking drugs and his experience with it i made me think less about the whole visual aspect of it and more about mental things and the sounds and touch and all those other things because there's a lot other more senses than just visual and just yeah <laughs> uh. hey everybody it's me just reminding you there's other senses hey what's this podcast about well it's this guy he like uh talks about like stuff you already know really obviously but you're just gonna listen to it because it's like you know mellow okay got it Okay, this is something else here. This is from a very different sort of guy. Same era. Not same era, whatever. His name is Mort Garson. And he, uh, I talked about uh, Bruce, Hake, Bruce Hack, oh, one of the previous episodes. He's kind of a contemporary of his, a, a wizard, a genius of the electronic music scene. He went to Juilliard as well. Uh, I think a little earlier than, than Bruce. But also, I think he experienced all the same sort of sort of fallout from the music industry in the same way, kind of became, I don't want to say became jaded, but I think he felt the brunt of of uh, non-appreciation to some extent, because his music was, it's in the left field, it's weirdo stuff, it's out there. He also had a lot of dealings with the occult. Mort Garson, this is from an amazing album from 1971 called Black Mass slash Lucifer, I think it has different... It has different uh, names depending on which release you're talking about here. But it's incredible. It's so goddamn scary. It has so many different, such a diverse tone throughout the entire thing. 
This song I'm going to play is one called Witch Trial. I happen to like this one a lot. I don't know why, because it sounds kind of Baroque to me. It has this sort of weird, almost like if you had been drugged by some sort of horrible sleeping agent, and you wake up and you're in this underground castle, and everything is like red velvet and dark and candles, and just sort of this thing where you're scared and you're really out of it. This is what I imagine it would sound like, at least to me. And this is why it scares the... Scares the dickens out of me. Witch trial. You got it? The song does continue, but you know, like I said before, I have to, I have to stop it because the fucking blood-sucking music lawyers will descend upon my house with their magical ravens and pluck my toenails out because I have played something that belongs to them, even though they don't own it, except by. Ugh, I don't, I don't like talking about this crap. You know, there's, you know, there's no copyright music law in Jamaica. This is a whole other thing, but basically there is none. So, well, there isn't, okay? So, that yeah, that was Mark Garson right there with off, uh, Black Mass Lucifer Witch Trial. He does so much amazing stuff with the uh, Moog keyboard. And at this point, it's not even really keyboards. We're talking about these rigs, these big old couch-size machines that have all kinds of plugs and shit running out of them. Man, that was a different time. If you want to make electronic music, you better have a good back. You can't just, you can't just, <laughs> you can't just uh, mess around. It's not some, it's not some Nord lead you can take to your gig or whatever shit house place you're playing and call up on any type of sound you want. You had to, you had to be an engineer. You had to be a goddamn engineer, which was why a lot of those guys were uh, Raymond Scott, Bruce Heck. Mark Carson. I think a lot of these guys, they had engineering in their in their blood, in their minds. That's how they did it. Maybe I should play some Raymond Scott. Maybe I'll save some Raymond Scott for another episode. But I've already said his name. It's okay. Investigate on your own. Maybe it doesn't matter. No, no one's listening, right? Are you listening? Hey, if you're listening, just pipe up real quick and say so. Okay. Well, that was the music section of the show today. Did you enjoy it? Did you? I don't know. We're gonna. I'm gonna outro it here. Here we go. Time to hit the phones. Time to hit the phone. Thank you for calling for service in English. Press one. The estimated wait time to speak with an agent is less than 15 minutes. To ensure an exceptional customer experience, your call may be monitored for quality and training purposes. No problem, no problem, no problem. No problem, no problem. Thank you for calling. Tell me how to direct your call. I was trying to speak with someone I just spoke with and it wasn't working. 
Uh, they connected me to like sales or something and just like was not going through. You, like, you guys keep hanging up on me for some reason. I apologize. We're not hanging up. I'm sure they're having uh, technical issues. What uh, was, um, how can I direct your call? I'm just trying to speak to somebody about buying something. Um, what's like, a product so that I can get you to the right department? I was thinking like uh, CD jewel cases, maybe. If not CD jewel mm-hmm. cases, maybe um, a Boss VT1 or a Jason uh, KR7. If not that, a uh, a Jim BT two or a uh, Ralph. I apologize. I'm not in sales. Okay. I can get you to someone, but I'm not in sales. So I don't know what that is. Can you get me to sales? Let me get you to. Certainly. One can you moment. Get me to sales? Certainly. Can one you moment. Get me to sales? One moment while I transfer you to a repair specialist. Sure. Help you. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm just glad this is working. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just happy it's working for the. You, I'm trying to uh, figure out some way to introduce my friend Tyler Rabbit into this whole equation here. Do you know him? No, sir, I don't. Okay, well, he's a good guy. He does all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah, recently he's been doing a lot of rabbit hunting and uh, also hunts these certain types of pigeons and just a small game for 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 eating. He's uh, kind of a brilliant uh, effects guy in terms of um, computer effects, uh, animation. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Knife collector, former magician, kind of a kind of a all around all around Sam. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I was looking for a gift for him because. You know, it's impossible to get this guy a gift. He has a huge knife collection. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, I just don't know what's gonna do, what's gonna put him over the top. What's really gonna seal that deal? And in, in terms of uh, something that, because I'm gonna bring him on here in just a minute, and we're gonna we're actually gonna drive out someplace in the middle of nowhere and uh, maybe try to look for some rabbits and stuff. Yeah, uh, so I thought if you if he can maybe talk to you, maybe you would have some ideas. Also, well, I can put you over to I can put you over to our sales department, and they could probably help you with that. This is basically product support, but I'd be happy to get you over there. Okay, well, actually, you know what? Why I'm here, I have a couple of product support questions. Okay. Do you, Do you guys do anything in the way of uh, working on the uh, the um? What's it called? The J the J S N V T Core. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, what what it, type of product is it's that? It's a Sony cassette recorder made in the 80s. It's the J S N J A S E N V T Core, and that's Core K O R Q Z F. I don't. I think it's pronounced that way. I heard it in an interview once. Is that? That's an item you would have to take into one of our Geek Squad agents at okay. any of the stores and have them take a look at it. What about like a what about um, like I a Dell? Know. How about like a Dell? A Dell computer? Yeah. Oh yes, sir. We do work on Dell computers. So what if I want to turn one on? I've got one here. I just can't quite figure out where to turn it on. Okay, I could get computing on the phone, and they can help you with that. Wait, you so hold on for a second. I just what do I have to do to still talk with you? Because you're talking about computing and sales, both of who I would love to talk to later. 
Uh, but I'd like to. What do you, what's your department? It's uh, it's fixing stuff. It's product support, technical uh. support, things of that nature. So, like, so you can. So, what kind of technical support do you guys offer? Uh, we offer things for iPod syncs and uh, iPad uh, issues, um, Kindle fires. And, so you're basically uh, your department is iPod. all about helping old people sync their iPods. We do that as well, yes, sir. Because my I've got a grandpa. Oh, no, I've got a grandpa who tried to sync his iPod. And guess what he did? What? He put it in the microwave. <laughs> Can you believe that? Okay, well that. That wasn't a good idea. No. You know why he did it, though? Because <laughs> there's a button on there. He thought I said sink, like the kitchen sink, and he thinks the microwave is the sink, you know. He's going around the band a little bit. He's 109. So we got him an iPod trying to bring him up to date here, you know. The guy just can't get with it. He's 109 years old. Well, he can't get with it. We got him an iPod. What's that? I said, God bless him. If he's 109 and wants an iPod, that's a good sign. Oh, he does not. He did not want the iPod. He did not want it. He didn't. He was like, he was trying to. He was actually trying to keep it from keeping us from bringing it into his house. He had like he was like barring the door, burning these weird reeds underneath the door, making this foul smoke to outpour some kind of witchcraft stuff. He grew up in the northern reaches of Canada. Or this stuff is just commonplace, I guess. They hang bear meat over the door and, like, the teeth from these shrews to keep out the uh, technology. Uh, yeah, so he's he's a re- he's like a pre-Luddite. Have you heard of this before? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We haven't either. You heard of the Luddites, right? Uh, no, sir, I haven't. <laughs> oh, Luddites are these people, these followers of this guy, uh... This 19th century English textile artisan or artisans who opposed uh, the introduction of the uh, machinery during the Industrial Revolution, and uh, so they like they uh-huh. would destroy machines and stuff, and uh, so he he was this was like you know back then, but he 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 grew up before that, and so Luddites now it's become this commonplace word to talk about people who are anti-technology when really it's it's a little different than that. But um, so he was a machine machine smasher. Back in the uh, Nova Scotia days, so he we've given him we've given him six iPods, and every time he either gets confused or he claims he's confused. You know what I mean? He claims he's confused. Maybe he, just buy him a radio. What do you say? A radio. That's true. <laughs> Even I think you're onto something there. Maybe he'll take the radio and he won't put a bunch of fish oil in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this guy is oh, crazy. Yeah. It, doesn't it just tickle you? Uh, yes, it does. I, I This is a nice call to get this time of night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's nighttime there, huh? Yes, it is. Are you in Indonesia? <laughs> no, I'm in South Florida. South Florida? I've heard of that place, don't they? I am they? in South Florida. So you like riding? Yes, I'm in South Florida. Are you riding on the back of a gator right now, uh, eating some... Uh, Eating some no, Cuban French fries? No, I'm not in Everglades. Uh, oh, okay. I'm a little bit more closer to the ocean than that. <laughs> okay, I thought the ocean was the Everglades. No, that's that's about uh, 30 miles in between the two. So. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you got to forgive me. I was homeschooled. And what I was taught, I went to this weird Bible college kind of thing, and they told us that the Everglades was like 
the fountainhead of the ocean. Does that make sense? You know how the Mississippi no, River I've starts? Never it, I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how the Mississippi River starts in uh, Lake Bemidji, uh, Lake, Lake Itasca up in northern Minnesota? You heard of that? No, I haven't. Well, you know how rivers tend that's to... that's where you are? No, I'm over in California. Temporarily. Oh, California, okay. Yeah, I'm oh, okay. Ab- absconced here for a short while until the uh, my visa application gets accepted by the uh, Lagomorph community of North Dakota. But that's a whole other thing. The um, this uh, These rivers, I guess rivers everywhere tend to have a starting point. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Well, rivers start and rivers flow and rivers end and rivers go. And this river. I've heard that. I have heard that. On Google Earth. Google Earth. So you were searching around. Yeah, I scanned Google Earth for small bodies of water. Okay. In areas that I can that are legal to hunt. Why do you? Because the water means there's animals there, right? Yeah, exactly. And. How, what makes this legal to hunt here? We are technically in the San Bernardino National Forest, okay. which also means that not only is it legal to hunt here, it's legal to hunt here with 22 caliber uh, bullets uh, out of a rifle or a gun. In Angeles, in Angeles Forest, in, in LA County, you can't shoot rabbits with a gun. What are you, um, what are you supposed to shoot them with? A bow and arrow or a pellet gun. Wow. Or, or a shotgun, I think, maybe. A shotgun. But, you, but you, you're not allowed to use, like, a, you know, a rifle or a uh, oops, there it is. A rifle or there's a bathroom here. There's a bathroom. If I mean, if you can call it that. Well, this it's now the uh, we're also a shitter. A shitter, yeah, you can call it's it shitter. That. Now there's there's also <laughs> because we're in national forest here, we also have to put our um, our uh, just, just scanning for rabbits. Cause usually, oh. it's weird. Usually, when when I drive in, I see some at least kind of scurrying on the side of the road. I didn't see, but. Uh, yeah, we gotta put no. We gotta put on our uh, what is this thing? Forest pass or oh. forest adventure pass? How much does that cost? I don't know. I bought this one for the year. I'm not sure. I can't remember how much it costs for the whole year. Twenty twelve. I gotta get a new one like next. So month. it's like is it a parking pass? Yeah, it's a parking pass. Got it. What was it? So right now we're in an area. I mean, we're in an area near the Cajon Pass. This is all like scrub brush here, right? Yeah. Now, did you read up on the? Did you did you, did you look up uh, this, this the uh, history of this lake? It's pretty interesting. Oh, I've no no, I didn't look up anything, man. Oh, this, uh, <laughs> That's for you to tell me. <laughs> this okay. This this lake is um, called it's called Lost Lake. Right. And you're gonna see it here in a second as we come up with this little hill. Lost Lake is uh, the result of being on the fault line, and you have water coming up from underground. So it's like an aquifer. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know exactly what an aquifer is. Well, I guess it's like a, what do you call it? It's a, like, not a, I guess it's a spring in a way, right? Yeah, the water's coming up from underground. Wow. It's it's colder than it would be normally. Wow. As soon as we got fisher, fishermen here, there's some ducks. Oh, cool. And, uh, sometimes you have fishermen here. I don't think there's any here right now because I didn't see any cars. And if you go online, it says that there's that, that there's no fish in this lake, uh-huh. but I've talked to the fishermen out here, and, I, and and I've actually also seen bass in the lake, and they claim that like the uh, Forest Service doesn't uh, doesn't allow bass. Doesn't, they, don't, they don't stock it or anything. <laughs> fish are not allowed in this lake, so there are no fish. They kick them out. 
Well, there can't possibly be fish here because they're not allowed. So a nice little picnic table here. Yeah. Some Coors Light. Yeah, there's a lot of trash, man. Yeah, it's actually not, I don't think there's, that's the first trash I saw. I guess those cans are. Yeah, they've picked up a little bit. I mean, my stepdad is from out in this area right. and I told him that there's a, that there's a uh, littering problem out here. Mm -hmm. And he said that, um, like this place is a littering problem. Like he, he, he really hates San Bernardino because he's from here. But. A lot of people do. San Bernardino has a pretty bad rap. Yeah, Frank Zappa has a song about it, and it's pretty funny. What song is that? It's, I think it's called San Bernardino. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, it's like talking about a girl who's got a boyfriend that has a head like a potato and stuff. <laughs> he, has a, he also has a song about, I think it's about, uh, what's that place up north from L.A. where they do all the movie shooting, where there's like, there's like a ranch with the cowboy shoots, hmm. uh, Village of the Sun. That's the name of the song. Look, a vortex. Three rock stacked vortex? That's yeah. a witch vortex. Is that what that is? They said what that's what I was told when I was in Flagstaff. Wow. Arizona? <laughs> yeah. You see like three rock stacked? Sedona's in New Mexico, right? Uh Sedona is also they got some Arizona. Vortexes. Oh, that's is Arizona, it? Okay. Yeah. They got some they got some vortexes oh, there man. too, apparently. There's some crazy hippie shit in Sedona. Alright, so Sedona's deep hippie. Up okay. over this Yeah, we were supposed to go there, but uh Terry and I were supposed to go there. We didn't end up going there though. Right. For, uh, anyway, alright, so we're gonna I'm gonna load up here. Okay, so this is a nice little, this is a little um, clip, clip or magazine Fed 22, huh? Yeah. So this is a bolt, would you say this is a bolt action 22? No, this is a uh, semi-auto. Semi-auto, who makes it? Ruger. This Ruger, is the most, okay. com one of the most common kind of starter rifles that okay. they, they put people on. It's a 10-22, so it holds uh, 10 rounds of uh, 22 caliber ammunition, long rifle, 22 and caliber long rifle, which is great of, for rabbit. What kind of scope is that? It's a cheap-ass scope. It was like right. a $40 scope, but for right. our purposes, it works pretty good. A lot of people like to hunt rabbits with uh, shotguns, mm -hmm. but it's fun with a, with a 22 rifle because you can snipe on them from far away. Mm -hmm. And the guys out here are are uh, very skittish. The rabbits they, are. Yeah, they, they'll run away. Yeah. No, the the, the local workers that yeah. work out they like to try to shoot. No, they, yeah, the rabbits. Try to <laughs> Just to clarify. So, yeah. 22 so, rifles. All right, so let's, we're going we're gonna to... Be quiet on yeah, our quiet approach. Here, we'll walk on this pass because usually there's some kind of thing out of some rabbits and birds hanging out there early in the morning. What we'll do uh -huh. is we'll keep going down there and we'll set up down there and set up, set up like a little day camp. Nice. And we can kind of wait for them. That's what you should do. So how come the, the barrel on that is it's pretty short? Yeah, that's actually the compact version of the uh, Ruger 1022. Right. They have like five or six different versions of that gun and this is the one that they, that's for like kids I guess. Mm -hmm. What happened to your ankle there? I got poison <laughs> oak. Oh really? Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, I got really late. Well, actually, technically, that's not what happened to my ankle. Right. What happened to my ankle was me trying to treat my poison oak. Oh. 
because I heard what, that a lighter. Just <laughs> 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 burn it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard that if you uh, if you take vinegar and baking soda, oh, and then rub it vigorously, right, on there, it exfoliates the uh, the skin that has the oil in it off. Right. And it was successful on my left leg. Put it on. When I tried it on my right leg, I got a little bit overzealous. Mm -hmm. I took off a bunch of the skin and it started bleeding, but it didn't itch anymore. So. Hmm. That's good. So yeah, here we have, this is the uh, a little stream that's created by the runoff from Lost Lake. And this is like technically a, a service road that's blocked off. There's actually a lot of po that's poison oak right there. It is? Yeah. Isn't poison oak? Uh, can, it can mimic other things, I think, right? Hmm, interesting. That's what, what I was told. It can. It'll mimic things around it. So. Like a giraffe. Yeah, like a giraffe. <laughs> it looks like a giraffe, but it's poison oak. <laughs> right, let's go this way. Okay. Stream here when did you first start hunting oh, rabbits? Shit. About four years ago, five years ago. So is that? When did you? Was that? Um, we were started with uh, archery, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what made you want to start hunting rabbits? Uh. Well, I, I start like you know my girlfriend's a vegetarian, right? And uh, I started thinking about um, you know like eating meat, and if I wanted to do it, to eat it. And I didn't like and I and the idea of like hunting and people hunting was kind of like uh, not horrifying, but kind of like seemed really savage to me. Right. And I felt like a hypocrite for thinking that because right. I eat meat mm -hmm. and I really like meat, and so I thought, well, what I need to do is I either need to like you know, be okay with killing something myself and eating it, or I need to quit eating meat altogether. Right. So, um, and also I was, you know, when I got into archery, I was hanging out with a lot of hunters and stuff, and I was, you know, mm -hmm. so there was a bit of a peer pressure influence there, right. I guess, of just hearing people's stories and shit. Bow hunting. Yeah. So I started bow hunting rabbits. And, uh, I'm pretty glad to have found this place, though, because this place has a lot of cottontails. Is and that the only kind of rabbit that you see? Uh, out here, I've only seen cottontails, yeah. Okay. But all over other places here in California, you see jackrabbits. So you taught yourself to uh, to hunt them, basically. Yeah, I did read up on the internet and stuff. And, and watched same with YouTube videos. How to field dress them too? That I learned from a <laughs> from a hunter. Really? Yeah. I remember one time, I think you called me or texted me. Oh yeah, I texted you and I was yeah. like, I was like, can you still eat a rabbit? This is, yeah, it was like the first rabbit I ever killed, I think. I was mm -hmm. like, can you still eat? Because I knew you'd, you'd shot some deer. Yeah. And I, Hey, can you eat a rabbit that's been shot in the gut or something, right? Was that Right, it? I think it was it, yeah. Yeah. yeah Turns out yes, but I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. These rabbits are so small, I don't know how you don't gut, gut shoot them, I guess. Yeah. So. Alright, well, this is not much here, but of course we've been talking. Sure. Right. But you see, the, the problem with this area is that there's tons of rabbits, but there's so much of this this low bush. That they hide in? Yeah, they hide in. It's impossible to clear, get a clear shot. That's why I started bringing a gun out here instead of a, a bow because, I mean, there's just, it's an almost impossible archery hunt, although a friend of mine that I brought out here did, did get a rabbit with a bow. Really? Um, what kind of a uh, arrow do you use? Is it a special arrow or no? No, you can just use regular, like, field point. No, it's not like a broadhead? <laughs> no, that, I, that, that'd be pretty messy, I would think. <laughs> like a rabbit with a broadhead. They do have uh, arrows that have, like, instead of a point, they have more of, like, a... a um, a hammer kind of head, like a oh, like, like a, a blunt, a bludgeon. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, bludgeon, and uh, that's supposed to like shock the the small critter, uh, and like kind of knock them down and like right. make it quicker and stuff. But it, I, that's I haven't really found that to be the case. So it looks like they've been through here with like a dozer or something, like yeah. pushed in this dirt. Yeah, right? this is weird. I, I've always thought of this area as being kind of nobody gave a shit, but it looks like they've kind of cleaned yeah. it up and and done some shit in the past. Uh, 
40 days. And so, huh. yeah, rabbits like all this juniper. So whenever there's really? these juniper bushes. This, what's, what's juniper here? What are we looking at? These guys right here. This stuff. Yeah. This is juniper. Yeah. It basically looks like. Does it smell like know, juniper? I guess I, don't, I can't really tell. Juniper's a type of pine, isn't it? It's like a fir. Maybe this isn't juniper. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, Johnny. Yeah, I don't know either. Whatever that tree is right there okay. with the, the gray branches and the kind yeah. of berry looking things, that's what they like. The rabbits like that. It's got something there. in there, huh? Well, let's head, should we head back to yeah, the okay. sort of poking? We could always do a thing where, like, rabbits. we could, like, fire a shot. Even if we don't see any rabbits, we yeah. could, like, fire a shot and pretend, like, just so we could, like, fire the gun on the yeah, suit, see how it picks up, like, audio. <laughs> that will sound nice. Although, technically, you're not supposed to target shoot out here. You can only hunt. So, if you have, like, a, a license to own a handgun, but Look you don't, at that. You don't What's hunt? that little hole? Is that, is that a rabbit warren? No. I love saying that. Rabbit warren? Warren, yeah. That's, that's probably the best. Is A warren is, like, their hole, right? Their yeah, den? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the best word in the animal kingdom to describe an animal's home, is a warren. Yeah, it's, I wonder where it comes from. I, I first came across it when I read Watership Down. Oh, right, okay, because yeah. they say that in there. I haven't, I haven't read that. It's really good. Isn't it sad? Is it sad? It's kind of sad, yeah. It's about, like, you know, friendship and loyalty and... And know, rapids. Does quest make, for survival. Well, you... Um, how did you come up with the name Tyler Rabbit? How did, I read Watership Down. That's where it's from? No, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, that was kind of part of it. Like, it was just a confluence of stuff. Like, I kept seeing rabbits. I was in school, and I kept seeing rabbits. This is rabbits a long time ago. Around. This is like yeah. 15 years ago or more? Let's how see. long ago? Yeah, it was probably about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Yeah. Right. I kept, seeing, I kept seeing rabbits, and then I kept... Uh, I, I read Watership Down. I really liked that. Mm -hmm. And I started drawing and painting rabbits all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just started... And I also wanted to, like, kind of... Come up with a different last name, you know, for like mm -hmm. the professional stuff. So you've been so Tyler Rabbit stuck. So is that you think about that at all when you hunt rabbits? That's your <laughs> yeah, name? it's kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, I, I, you know, I, I like them a lot. I think mm -hmm. rabbits are like the most one of the most cool animals. Um, I think they're really interesting. I like cats too, but I wouldn't want to hunt cats. I think I cats, like cats and rabbits are they're kind of similar, aren't they? I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, they're both cute and fuzzy. Right. I mean, but are those coyotes? Those are... Dude, this... That sounds like a lot of dogs. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. It sounds like a bunch of little dogs. It sounds kind of like or a bunch ducks. of dogs. Like... Those aren't ducks. Let's see. This is... I know for sure this is sage. Yeah, that's definitely sage. It smells great. Yeah, there's some kind of sage that smells... But isn't that what coyotes sound like? They have that sort of yeah, whimpering coyotes, barking. Coyotes, but I've seen um, on a couple of occasions I've seen pit bulls out here just running around. Wait, so explain the whole pit bull phenomenon. There's, I've seen. I was driving th through this dirt road up here. And well, I, and okay, I saw, we're a pretty remote area. Yeah, it's pretty remote. Yeah, there's I mean, no there's houses a freeway, like here. maybe so like half a mile, mile over there. But yeah, I think it's at least. There's no houses, so a mile or two. I see this pit bull come running out of the brush, and he like almost got hit. I almost ran him over right. on this dirt road. He goes running into some other brush, and he's totally smiling, having a great time, running free. So I start looking for the owner, so I can like give him a dirty look or something, you right. know, or like just be indignant. And uh, there's no owner in sight. And then on the and then like on the way out, I saw this other pit bull that was his. Uh, he was a big one. His tail was all broken up. And you can see yeah. his ribs showing. He was kind of hungry. 
Yeah. Looked thirsty. He was kind of sniffing around. And so I gave him a granola bar. But uh, <laughs> He I, walked up to you or you just... No, I was in my car. See, here's the thing though. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I don't have like any real preconceived notions about pit bulls. I think they're great dogs, you know. Mm -hmm. But like this, this dude had like a tough guy chain. He yeah. Was, he, he, he wasn't fixed. And, uh, you know someone like you know let him go out here because they didn't want him and i felt bad for him but it's like i'm not gonna put him in my car i'm not gonna right. like chain him to a tree because it was like fucking 100 degrees so right. it's like dude just you know here's a granola bar you know best of luck to you pal so they're like they're basically like the wild pit bulls. wild pit bulls yeah yeah now here's the interesting thing i came out here about a week and a half later and i saw that same large one with a broken tail walking around really? so i guess he found water and yeah know, I thought maybe he lives out here, but dude, like where? There's, I mean, there's a couple of like, little trailers over there. And... I don't know. I wonder how well they do by themselves. Maybe not. The, I don't maybe think so a, good, dude. Yeah. I think life expectancy would be pretty short. They're right. not like cats. Yeah. Dogs are not the same as cats. Because yeah. cats can kind of, they can hack it, right? I don't know. I think if you brought a, a, a cat out here, I don't think you'd do too well. But cats, don't they, like, don't they go feral after a certain number of weeks? Yeah, they do, they do okay in the city, but out here yeah. I think they probably get eaten immediately. Oh, yeah. They've been eaten by all kinds of things, right? Coyote. Yep. Coyote. Okay, so when I was like, uh, I was in like my early teens. I ran away from home, mm -hmm. and I took, and I took a, uh, I think it was either a BB gun or a pellet gun with me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, like, I ran away from home, and I had a BB gun, and I slept on like uh, rooftops of buildings and stuff. Why rooftops? Because uh, it was cool, man. I don't oh. know. It was just like you could like climb up on top of like a you know the car wash yeah. rooftop and like sleep up there. I was like, I was only away for like a, a week. But, um, That's a pretty long time, though. But I also, well, I also crashed at different, you know, at people's houses and garages. And Did your parents of, know where you were? Yeah, they had a vague idea okay. that I was probably still in Pasadena, but no, they didn't really know where I was. No. They knew you were alive. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Well, no, I mean, right, you I mean, ran away. This is like before cell phones. Yeah. But I don't think they had any reason to think that I'd be dead. Got it. But uh, anyway, they uh, I had so I had this um, I had this this uh, BB gun with me, and I I I decided I was gonna um. I said I was gonna like li like uh, hunt birds. Live off the land. Yeah, I was gonna like live by the railroad tracks and like hunt birds hmm? and stuff. I was, I was probably like 13, 14. and um, so I shot a blue jay off a power line by the railroad tracks, right? <laughs> and not, not and then and then it like fell down, and then I was like, "Fuck, I I don't I don't know what to do with this. Right. I, don't to, I have no idea what to do. What do you do? You know?" Yeah. And then I, uh, I just I, I you know just let it let it sit there. Let it perish. Yeah. And later on, I was I had a shrink that was kind of like dealing with some of the stuff. Right. And he. Uh, he said that I, he, he thought that was the most hilarious thing he'd ever heard. He, th he said that when I get older, I should in my, I should title my memoirs "Blue Jays for Breakfast." Blue Jays for Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny the things that therapists think are funny. Yeah, therapists are fucking. Because they hear so much stuff, but certain things really light them up for really? whatever reason. It's like, why is that funny to you? Maybe it's because they hear so much crap that they like. They hear something novel. It's like I they. Have... I haven't talked to a therapist of any kind since I was probably yeah thirteen or fourteen. Is that but, was that a response to running away? Yeah, I think so. So you were enlisted in the uh, in the program after running away. Yeah. So what happened when you got back home? Uh, I think things were a little weird, kind of awkward, I guess maybe you know. Right. Well, probably awkward. But what was what was your parents' response? Uh, I think I don't know. I think they had kind of like given up on trying to control me. You know? Right. I was kind of like out of control. You're a wild child. I was a wild child, yeah. Uh, but, how were you wild exactly? You think? Uh, well, because I was like running away from home and right. you know, like uh, kind of being a bit of a little vandal and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. 
Vandal. I used to do that crap. What I would do, do a lot of like graffiti. No, I never graffiti. You would just like break windows. We would do stuff like food. Fuck people's houses. We'd, like take bleach and burn words into their lawn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> burn the word tits <laughs> in someone's lawn once. That's awesome. Jay. Was it a person that had tits? No, I think it was a it was a teacher <laughs> actually uh-huh. at our school. Why tits? Because it's a bad word. <laughs> but it's, pretty, it's, like, it's kind of absurd. Too. It is, but I think that's probably what. It, there was definitely some yeah. comedy in this whole thing. <laughs> the other thing was like, it's the perfect crime because you do, your your evidence of it doesn't show up until several days later. Wow. So you do this, and it's like, it's the perfect crime. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We, we that, that was a great thing we did for a long. I, I don't know how that started. I kind of think that I may have fucking started that whole thing of burning words into people's lungs with bleach. Wow. I can't believe we used to fucking do that. Did you ever TP someone's house? Oh, yeah. But I never this, did. this was like advanced TPing. We yeah, yeah. That's like hard. Yeah, yeah TPing, TPing is, kinda, is so boring. Yeah. And it's so easy. And it's like so obvious. Uh, but I, I definitely got into TPing. I thought that was like the coolest thing because it's almost... Because it was basically accepted, you know? Uh-huh. It's this thing yeah. where it's, it's homecoming week or whatever, right, right, and, you're, yeah. and you're not supposed to do it, but if I, I'm sure if the cops caught you, I'm sure you wouldn't get arrested. No, and, and it, usually they, it's like everyone knows who did it. Yeah. And, you know, and the parents kind of let it slide. Yeah, if they were really pissed off, yeah, sure, you could probably get some people to come clean it up. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, hearing, like, it was so bad. If you TP someone's house and then it rains, it's like the worst. That's what I've heard, It's like yeah. the worst thing. Like, it'd be there for... And I remember thinking, like, oh, man, that's bad. That's bad. TP. But then it, then you, it's funny when you realize that that whole TPing thing, it's like it's like a compliment. You know, it only happens to people who are popular. Yeah, it's so true. So when you, when yeah, you get TP'd, yeah, right, it's like... Right. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the degree of TPing is also the degree of popularity. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're... If you're it also, there's kind of, like, an economic thing. Like, if you're rich, you have a big house. So right. So it's, like, more of a target for getting TP'd. You know? Yeah. And, and you're also the, more popular because you're The rich. trees. We, we so some girl's house. It was like a team of like thirty people. They did like a hundred rolls. What? It was white out. It Holy was ridiculous. Shit, that's amazing. Oh, there's something over there. What's that? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Uh, that uh, bird coming from that direction. Let's see. Let's see if we can. Okay. That's a quail. Do you have a bird call? Yeah, I have a quail call. Here. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> It'd be good for like. Uh... Now, Ooh. technically, I don't think we're really supposed to be shooting quail, so we're right. not gonna. We're not gonna shoot any quail but uh we can call them if, over. if we had a bow and, bow and arrow apparently we can shoot quail right now for the next uh until i think what did i say like october i think i remember in uh, minnesota the uh the uh deer season for um for for guns is like very short it's a weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but wow. for but for um bow and arrow you can hunt for like six weeks mm-hmm. and you can bag like eight deer wow it's something ridiculous. Like, oh, I mean, it changes every season because they the DNR, you know, uh-huh. to ma- manage population. But the bow hunters, Minnesota DNR, yeah, Minnesota uh, bow hunters get. It's, a, it's like a luxurious. I mean, I guess it makes up for the the you know how difficult it is to hunt. But it's the same out here. The, the archery. I think probably everywhere the archery season starts early for you. Mm. Could you hear that bird? Right, Do you hear that one over there? It's like a. I didn't hear it. It's pretty faint. They're over there. This is, so this is a nice little wooden call here. Yeah, it's for quail. Okay, go for it. You're supposed to like they say that you're supposed to say chiquita. It's like it's a little bit, a little bit, this one's a little bit too high pitch. If we can get it lower somehow. 
It's either Chiquita or Chiquita. Chiquita. <laughs> I guess there's kind of two different inflections there. I wonder what what they'd say up north because I think that's that sounds like it's Spanish, right? I wonder what chiquita. They, yeah, Chiquita. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. Well, because that's the banana. Yeah. <laughs> banana. It just means like small. Chiquita. Mm. Chiquita. <clears throat> Those mnemonic devices are really funny. Well, there's things like when you tune a drum, when you tune it like a drum set, it's supposed uh, to be like like three blind mice for the toms. Uh, okay, nice. There's different ways of, yeah. This has been a very ineffective hunting experience so far. Mm -hmm. I've had very, can't even get them to respond to my call. Should we relocate? Yeah, sure. So what's that orange thing you got there? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, you know that orange, orange thing. Do <laughs> yeah. you, you use a GPS when you come out here? Yeah, there's a there's this thing called the Spot GPS Finder. It's called mm -hmm. the Spot GPS Finder, and uh, I think it's like a hundred bucks. And then for like a hundred bucks a year, you get you you get this service where like it's this little it's this little orange gizmo, mm -hmm. and you uh, you carry it around. And you got like a few different buttons. One of the buttons you press, and it tells your family and your loved ones where, it, via email and text, like that you're okay and you're cool. What? And then they can look on Google Earth and see exactly where you uh -huh. are. And you can also write like a, a pre-custom customized message. Wow. And then there's another one that you can press that like tells your friends and your family that you need help uh -huh. to come and get you. Where and where you are. Yeah, tells you where it tells them where you are. And there's another one, and this is this is in places it works for us where there's no cell service. This is global. Global. Yeah. It's satellite. That's right. Okay. So now there's another one that you press that puts you in contact with their... The president. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because he calls the president to tell him Just about tell what you saw. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. President, we saw we found a, a gun here. I think it could be terror. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, Mr. President, I'm really enjoying the beach. Yeah. What is the third button? The third button, you press it, and it notifies their, like, 24-hour, like, threat assessment team or, or like, this whole, like... Like this, it's like a uh, what would you call it? It's like a, a response, like emergency okay. response team, comprised of everything from like EMTs to hostage negotiators, right. and they'll like figure out where you are. And if it's somewhere in the U.S., they'll you know. They'll send the president. He'll come get you. He'll come get you. Exactly. Well, how does that work? <laughs> What's the difference between pushing the friend and family help and the uh, the National Guard <laughs> button? Like, well, how do you know? I guess, what, what's the difference? It's two different buttons. Right, it's two different buttons, but what's the, um... I guess at what point do you push one and not the other? Oh, in terms of what's going on with you? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, I guess if you, uh... Is there, like, a triage system <laughs> over the button? Do you have to, like... <laughs> you have to, like, take a picture of the problem to assess the threat level? Yeah, yeah. No, but you have to remove a plastic thing. You have to break something? To, well, no, you don't break it, but it's, like, it's hard to get to the... Right, the special button? Yeah. And Terry likes to joke that when I tell people about this, she likes to joke that <laughs> this is your girlfriend. Yeah, Terry, yeah. She, she's gonna get. A, I'm gonna be off someplace. And the whole reason that I have this thing is because her and my parents they bought it for me because <laughs> I told them I was gonna start going out hunting by myself. Like we are right now. Like we are right now. Yeah, yeah. usually I go by myself. So they were they were really concerned about that. So um, they got me this thing. And uh, she, she likes to joke that, that she's gonna keep on getting this message that says I'm okay, I'm okay. But it's gonna turn out that it's like I'm dead. And there's a uh, like a little bird next to my body, packing, <laughs> packing the packing the button, saying that I'm okay. A bird, yeah. because you've killed his family or yeah. something. You killed this. No, because I'm dead. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the birds killed you. Yeah. 
No, it's a good, that's actually a good point. Do you worry about that retribution from animals? <laughs> no. Do you ever um, do any type of um, kind of mojo voodoo stuff with your animals? Well, some people, some people get into that. The whole, uh, you know, like the, like to pretend they're Native American and mm, like to, mm. I don't know, do stuff that they uh, to con- to consecrate their kill. I don't. Only, I've only never, if eating I've, it is. Yeah. You know. I've never seen someone do it, but I imagine that I imagine that people do do that. Well, I hung out with these Native American dudes. Right. Uh, and they like to hunt. Right. And while well, I didn't get a chance to hunt with them, we did a, a field archery competition together. So that's who you met these guys, archery? Yeah. And we were, cam- we were camping in the same area together. Mm-hmm. And I hung out with these dudes, really nice dudes. And um, their particular uh, nation, tribe, right, tribe. Is, is really into using every single possible fucking piece of the animal. Right. And he showed me this bow that he'd been working on where... He was using the sinew from a deer's back. Oh, cool! And he was like, kind of using like some sort of natural glue to like use that uh, as a um, almost like we, we you'd, you'd use fiberglass or okay. a carbon fiber. Yeah, you know, as like a uh, kind it's of kind of similar to that or a, a fluxy thing. So when you have a rabbit, you um, you cook it with the bones in. It? You don't cook it with the bones in it, no. It depends. I do. I do now. Yeah, right. I usually do. If you barbecue it, definitely. Yeah. So then, what do you do with it? Is it, what do you do with the rest of the parts of it? What happens to it? I usually chuck it. Right. So you have like a pile or something like that, or no? No, I'll... So what if it's like... I'll just leave it out here for the predators. You know? Yeah, because like coyotes will eat that. And oh, so definitely. We'll, yeah, I mean, something... At some point, everything gets eaten. Pretty you know? much, yeah. Right. Up on the property, like if I'm shooting pigeons, I don't leave the, the wings and stuff out. Mm-hmm. I'll just stick them in a bag and throw it away. You don't make feather earrings? <laughs> you should make some feather earrings. That'd be awesome. So what is that little guy pecking down there? What's that, you think? I don't know. So many different types of birds. Yeah, it's we really suck, just, man. We're, we're very, like, not... We'd have a hard time doing, like, a... Do you ever watch any of those hunting shows and, like, outdoor shows? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Those are great. We, those we, are some we, of the most relaxing great. shows to watch. Because they're always... Yeah. They're always talking like this. Okay, that, that there, that's a, that's a mule... That's a six-point mule deer there. We're going to let him be... I have, I'm guessing from the, 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 the back structure there is probably, probably about four or five years old now. And we're just going to... We got this... And they always do, like, yeah. the product drops, too. Like, uh... I'm gonna I use my uh, my TN, TNR uh, six caliber uh, P, P, P reduction shooter here. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna give me a nice amount of recoil, so I can I can dial up here about six points and. Yeah, nice. <laughs> those those shows are commercials. Yeah, you'd, you'd be actually I think you could do that. You could do that. I would love that. Yeah. I was watching one in a hotel recently, and I was just amazed at how. They are, they are not even shows. They're commercials. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, not, they're not even the slightest bit shy about anything. Uh-huh. Everything they use, everything is a product. Sure. It's just incredible. And even like the way the show's cut and the way there's... They don't even go to commercial. They sort of like kind of fade to commercial <laughs> and they sort of fade back in. So he, <laughs> right. the, the boundary between commercial uh-huh. and show is not existent Like the guy that's in the commercial is also in the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And sometimes they'll cut back, they'll cut to like something that's clearly a commercial, like a Gander Mountain or a... <laughs> what's the big... Oh, Cabela's is the big one, right? Cabela's. You ever been to Cabela's? Uh, I've not seen that little guy running across there. Though. Yeah. I want to look at it through the scope. You're going to scope him? Cabela's. No, I've been... I've ordered stuff from Cabela's online. That's a place you should probably go. Is there one out here? I think there's probably one out someplace in the Inland Empire There's area. a Bass Pro Shop right, right Bass down. Bass Pro Shops are pretty similar, 15. right? Yeah. They're, they're huge, aren't they? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like the fr- it's like bigger than fries. Mm-hmm. It's like fries and... How many people do you think... Because you spent a lot of time at fries. 
I, I, I have in the past, yeah. Not so much anymore. Because you, um, for a long time, still, your what your business is and your livelihood is a digital. Like, what, what, how would you what would you say graphics? Not you know, graphics, I used to, motion graphics. Yeah, well, I used to tell people motion graphics, but I don't really do motion graphics. Uh, and I started telling people um, just computer animation. Mm-hmm. Or just first, and then I was just telling people animation. But you did that for. And they'd say like, "Oh, I really loved you know the prince, like the uh, you know Prince of Egypt, or, okay. or like uh, I really loved uh, Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. <laughs> did you work on that? Yeah. And then so now I tell people, and now I just tell people I'm a computer scientist. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been doing this for a long time, like almost to the infancy of that whole thing. I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Like you've been doing it since how long have you been doing video video work? Since 90, 95 or ninety six. So that's like before, like I, didn't, I can't try to think. When, when did uh, DVDs become a thing? DVDs weren't a thing then. So but, that's uh, pre DVD. That's a pretty the, big. Deal. I think the, the, it was the Mac, like there was a Mac ninety five hundred was out, and that was like pre Power PC. Wow. Or was that, that a Power PC? Old. I can't remember. It could be. But the way the way I got into all that, the way I got into it, it's actually kind of the way that. A lot of people uh, get into things, and is, is sort of like a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was inter- I was a, I did magic for a long time. I was a, right. a performer. Street I did street performing. I totally I, forgot about that. Yeah. That's like a whole other. Well, yeah, it's like a whole different life. It's like it's weird, you know. You have a different lifetime. But I, I got I was into magic. I really loved doing magic. I loved coming up with tricks. I was performing. I was doing magic in restaurants. I was doing magic at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. I was doing uh, like kids' birthday parties. I was trying to just barely make out a, a living doing magic and I was mm-hmm. barely doing it it was terrible and uh, I, I, I kind of got tired of it and I and I because I, I was tired of um, interacting with people and I was tired of like being on stage and being outgoing so I started to think well what's what is kind of similar to magic that has um, you know a lot of the same things that magic has to offer like the ideas of like timing and surprise and mm-hmm. and uh, that, that kind of feeling that you get when you when you're experiencing something impossible or, or, or uh, out of the ordinary and I came to you know like visual effects so I, I became interested in visual effects um, I got a job with this uh, guy who had been kind of like a um, <laughs> his name is David David Hewitt not 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 the famous uh, producer David L Hewitt but the, this guy's name is David Hewitt and he, he had produced a bunch of movies and directed stuff back in like the 50s stuff called like Monsters Crash the Pajama Party <laughs> and like you know m- movies that got released with like 20 different names over the years right. like Vampires of Mars Vampires of the Red Planet you know the ran- Red Planet of the Vampires the Mars of the Vampire you know and uh, he had a little visual effects shop that was all pre-digital wow. and he had and it was just kind of on the cusp of this whole thing with, with and we, he had like one computer and he ha- it, w- it was a, a pretty amazing crew it was him uh, a, a guy named Will Paguntalan who did like a, built like models, and then there was a um, a guy who worked an optical printer, and everybody that worked there was like kind of really like had some sort of weird either phobias or like really <laughs> weird social problems or something. And uh, the guy that taught me how to use After Effects on the Mac was like a, was a crackhead. What? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a crackhead. He, his um. The, the, like a lot of the equipment kept, would end up missing. Oh, because like, he was sawing for crack. Yeah, and everyone knew that he was doing it. Mm-hmm. But the owner of the company was such a nice guy, David wow. Hewitt. He was so nice that he he, he felt bad about letting this guy go. Right. And he would actually, um, I don't know if you know, you remember jazz discs. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember jazz discs. That's like the hum- were they a hundred megabytes maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Wasn't yeah. it? Or maybe it was a gigabyte, and like a, a zip disc was a hundred. I think megabytes. The, I think the last, I think the very end of jazz. I don't even remember, but yeah, I remember jazz. This guy was basically jazz like stealing. 
our jazz discs. <laughs> so, and, and we would go, we went we would go to this pawn shop up the street to buy our jazz discs back, and they and they had the names of the shows that we were working on yeah. on the written on the jazz disc, and and. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of surreal because it's so obvious and so clear cut, but nothing was done about it. Yeah, but he, but they, they finally fired him. I think. The crackhead got fired. Yeah, that's but never. That's happened. how I got into all that stuff, and then, Where? and then it kind of segued into like doing kind of more stuff for kind of, I guess what I'd call like low, like C grade visual effects and kind of motion graphics, explanatory animations. Back a long time ago, I was doing a lot of DVD menu stuff. Uh, that just, was sort of the heyday, right? The DVD menu thing. <laughs> the heyday, not for me. Yeah. That was kind of like the. Uh, I didn't really like it very much. We didn't, but it wasn't like something where all of a sudden there became this need for this thing that was not really needed before. Mm. So there was like a boom kind of? Yeah, because you had to put all these things to DVD that weren't yeah. on DVD before. I kind of missed that boom, I think. I, right. think I, I think I got into the whole DVD menu design thing uh, a little bit after the big boom. What about value-added content? VAM. <laughs> or, or yeah, value-added <laughs> material. That's or VAM, yeah. That's the funniest value thing added to me. Content. I think there's actually... I saw a job posting for a company actually called like value add like added value or something now. That is that's yeah. that's why you buy the DVD. That's right? why you buy the DVD. Because you want you want to be able to play that game. Damn, yeah. <laughs> play the game yeah. or look at the uh, the the interactive slide rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. <laughs> oh man, the van. <laughs> so Tyler, you have uh, taken an interest in this sort of like, I guess what would you call it? like a, a, a not. The finders. The finders. What are the what? What would you call that? Like a con, it's not a conspiracy theory, is it? It's like this, the, the uh, finders are part of a conspiracy theory. Okay, there you go. That that but uh, the finders themselves are a. Uh, it's a real. It's real. It's it's a real. It's a group of people, basically. Okay. You you can't really call them a cult. You can't really call them a commune. It's somewhere in between those. Somewhere in there, but not quite those things. So what's it compared to like Heaven's Gate? <laughs> Totally, I think it's a totally different thing. Right. Okay. Totally I just been uh, recently kind of obsessed with seeing, looking at pictures of Marshall Applewhite because he looks such a weird looking oh, guy. Dude, his eyes are crazy. Yeah, man. his eyes. I get it. I would have followed him. I think if yeah. I had the opportunity, it's he, I just probably wouldn't. Do you think he looked myself. like that before he got castrated? Or I don't know. I bet he did. I bet he wasn't castrated. I bet he. You know, I think he was. I think he maybe said he was. Maybe yeah. he was chemically castrated, or I don't know. I don't know. Some of the members definitely were. They were, they were. Yeah. But I think maybe it was, that was from his encouragement, wasn't it? Mm. Well, back to the finders, though. Like the finders. finders. So they're yeah. like this group of people. It's all kind of related, though. I mean, right. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, I like, I'm interested in like fringe groups and, you know. Right. Uh, well, we both, we both really like listening movements. to Coast to Coast. Yeah, a lot. we both love Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast We've has, about that. Yeah. Coast to Coast has this weird blend of uh, legitimate stuff and. Absolute crazy stuff. Just completely far And things out, that sure. sort of have an intersection at some point. Yeah. You can put it a little closer. Oh, sorry. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that interests me about Coast to Coast is not necessarily the subject matter, right. but how people react to the subject matter or how they... I mean, basically, I'm interested in belief. I'm interested in the way, in why people believe shit that I consider to be completely crazy. Right. Whether it's, whether it's like, you know... That uh, the Son of God was like sent to the earth to you know pay for our sins, or right. or the fact that like a you know a comet is going to come and take us away, and we're all going to you know cut off our nuts and kill ourselves right. wearing Nikes. I mean, I try to I I, I spend a lot of time thinking about why how, why people believe what they believe, and uh, mm-hmm. you know do you know Michael Shermer? No, he's like a skeptic. He's been on Coast to Coast before. Okay. He's a big skeptic. He wrote a book I think called uh, Why People Believe Weird Stuff or something uh-huh. like that. And the book does the book should actually be called. 
here's some weird stuff that people believe. Um, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't and, explain why. No, but yeah. in his, I think now he's on this like third or fourth book and he's finally starting to kind of get into that, like doesn't, actually why people believe stuff. It's because our brain looks for connections. And right. Stuff. Was, doesn't Carl Jung talk a lot about that? I don't know. I thought, I feel like I've heard that from someone talking about that as that Jung, I don't know. I don't want to say it cause I'm probably wrong, but I think that maybe he at some point got really into that, uh, the entire idea explaining why people, see aliens or how there's like mm, similar mm. ideas of things and how there's like the idea well, of collective consciousness. There's Jacques Vallée that was yeah. a, a real famous uh, a UFO researcher and he kind of got into like a Jungian idea about about UFOs. I don't know if Jung specifically talked about UFOs yeah, I don't know or not, did. but there's been there's been kind of an intersection about that, about it being kind of like a collective, uh, um, not hallucination, but almost like an archetypal idea. Yeah. That before there was UFOs, there was, something. There was the, the willies. You know, mm -hmm. the willies, they were like these yeah. uh, woodland spirits that would make you dance or something. Okay. I mean, the point is, like, you know, we, we, nobody sees, like, fairies and pix pixies anymore. They see angels and UFOs and shit. So yeah. it's all kind of like a, a collective it all, thing. It but, all uh, follows in with the same. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so right. I was interested. I was really interested in terms of this in 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 the, uh, like, the satanic panic thing that happened in the 80s. Right. Especially here in California. Um you might be like a few years shy of the, being around for the McMartin preschool thing, but do you know about that? Uh, no, I don't think I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so there was a uh, there was a preschool out here in uh, uh, I think I want to say Hermosa Beach. Yep, and uh, it was a just this huge huge thing with um, the where you know uh, the there was a big uh, I guess it turned out to be a witch hunt, but they but you know the kids were saying that, like the teachers were doing all kinds of crazy mall right. station satanic ritual shit. Uh, you know, building tunnels. There was like tunnels under the school, and, and the kids were like taken to slaughterhouses, and you know, made to watch like animal sacrifices. And and it, this is this is kind of a thing that's happened. Has happened. It's kind of a social paranoia or a social hysteria, I should say, mm. of um, that's happened in different times. I mean, you know, you could think of the um, the uh, you know the witch trials as being sort of a, right. a social hysteria. Well, the, uh, the West Memphis Three. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Same kind of thing. And so and and actually, when when those guys. I'm trying to remember when that was. Actually, that was kind of after the whole uh, uh, McMartin thing, but okay. things kind of reached the, reached that end of the country at a little bit different times. Yeah, uh, it takes a little longer bit later. To, yeah. to, for the uh, crazy juice to seep into certain <laughs> right. backwoods communities. Uh -huh. of exactly. The Middle South. So that's how I came in contact with this finders thing. There's there's a conspiracy theory that is so completely crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tr I guess first I'll start with the conspiracy theory, and then I'll tell you how the finders who are, for lack of a better term, a group of kind of, uh, sort of an alternative subculture, a small group of people, how they got involved in this conspiracy okay. theory became the target. Here's the, here's the conspiracy theory. All right. The conspiracy theory is that the CIA kidnaps children uh -huh. and subjects them to satanic ritual abuse and sexual abuse and blood rituals to create a, a, a divergent personality mm -hmm. so that they can create a, um, a, 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 someone that has multiple personalities. Right. And now... How is the, how is this of use to the CIA? They're the perfect spy. If you've seen the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, it's even like J Jason Bourne. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that same thing. He's been. Uh, he's like he doesn't know. Is that it? Like part of him he doesn't, doesn't know, know who he is. Yeah. He's trying to find out who he is, and, uh -huh. and he's been basically trained to be the perfect killer and to be able to do all these things because he has no connection to family or anything. He's just mm -hmm. he's just a super soldier. So yeah, that's definitely is. This, I yeah. think it's probably it's probably a running archetype and other exactly. And with a, and with a lot of these conspiracies, there's different. I like to think of it as different ingredients to a recipe, but there but there's no actual 
dish. You know what I mean? Like so, so the you know the the CIA was involved in what they called you know the MK Ultra program. Right. I'm sure you heard of that, where it was like yeah. they, were, they were doing like site, you know, like giving giving people LSD, unknown uh, remote do, viewing, right? Yeah, all kinds of weird shit like that. Doing experimenting with mind control, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know they um, there's a, uh, a a doctor named I want to see Ewan Cameron in Canada who uh, was putting people into like deep sleep. And uh, giving them uh, electric shock therapy and LSD and Jeez. shit in, in these long, prolonged, like chemical-induced comas, yeah. and he was repeat having, playing tapes that were repeating things to them to try to like help them with their problems. And mm-hmm. the CIA ended up giving this guy a lot of money and stuff. And uh, so um, anyway, so the ingredients are there for this conspiracy theory. So, and what happens is the uh, the uh, the kids grow up and they become like you know super spies, or they get or they, or they're sold you know to like uh, you know governments. world leaders for <laughs> sexual you know sex slaves and stuff like this, and uh, and that's the conspiracy theory. I guess you'd call it like the uh, the uh, like the worldwide satanic uh, pedophile uh, CIA conspiracy or something like that. So the like finders that. are the people who are these people who work for the CIA who are doing this or finding the kids. Is the, that it? In the, in terms of the conspiracy theory, right. yes. But in terms of the reality of what I've found digging into this, they're not at all. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting to, to, to see the kind of the divergence in thought there. So to, to back up a little bit, one of the, one of the main articles or uh, piece, pieces of, of uh, evidence that the, the, the conspiracy theorists uh, cite as being proof of right. this whole conspiracy is a uh, like a five or six page customs report from the from U.S. Customs now uh, I guess ICE we call it. But, yeah. uh, and in this report, it details. Um, uh, a, uh, searching the uh, the f- some of the finders' property and finding a bunch of crazy shit. Now this all got kicked off because um, a couple of the finders were were with um, uh, uh, some, some kids, their kids, uh, and they got picked up by the cops and it kind of it got misunderstood and and, and uh, it was during the height of the whole uh, satanic panic thing and the McMartin preschool thing, and uh, they got p- picked up and put in jail. And they didn't want to talk to cops because they're kind of like these you know sort of. Um, Alternative kind of like uh, I guess for lack of a better term like sort of tech technological hippies almost. But these guys, these people did not work for the CIA. No, okay. no, not at all. They they um there is there it, may have it, been some loose connection. There was a there was a, com- a computer training school where some of the finders worked at training people on computers, and I think that that training school might have contracted, uh, it might have like trained. CIA employees on how to use computers, but no, there was no. They didn't work right. for the CIA at all. Well, okay. Like when you say when you say the finders, yeah, does that mean? I guess what does that mean exactly? Like in terms of, yeah, when, is, that, I, is that a specific group of people? Yeah, it's it a specific a group of people. Okay. There's. It started with a a guy named Marion Petty, who was a um, retired uh, Air Force intelligence guy. Okay. And he, um, I want to say either maybe it's either Army shit. Either army or, or anyway, he's a military intelligence yeah. guy, retired, and just after World War II, and he started kind of collecting um, uh, like beatniks and weirdos and stuff around him, and he kept kind of like an open house. So he's the, he's a, he's a finder. He's the leader. You could think of him as the as the originator of the finders. Okay. They didn't even call themselves the finders until much much later. Um, so they did call themselves that. They, kind of. I mean, okay. begrudgingly. Okay. Um, it was just sort of for lack of a better term. Right. And the finders can basically be thought of as a small group of people, anywhere from just a small handful up to like thirty or forty, who basically hung out with this guy named Marion Petty, mm-hmm. um, who is he looks kind of like David Lynch actually. He was kind of a um, <laughs> that's a cool look. Kind of a dandy, but also kind of like a self-styled. Um, like he kind of wanted to be thought of as a spy, maybe, which right. I think is how some of this kind of came about. Yeah. Um, and he he just had different kind of weird people hanging around him. There, it, you could think of it almost like as a a non-religious cult that didn't exercise uh, the same type of um, 
uh, high demand uh, uh, commitment that a cult would. These mm -hmm. guys kind of came and go. There was no central right. anything really. It was just sort of this group of people that hung around this guy. And what they were interested in doing was uh, playing life as a game and, um, and every day kind of uh, breaking every night, breaking everything down and every morning starting over again and just figuring out you know, how they could kind of all go out and make money and, and put the money collectively into a pot. And their whole idea was to kind of pool uh, money and uh, sex and power and try to pool those mm -hmm. things together as a group and see what the result was and, right. and live and, and um, they played games. Their whole thing was playing games amongst themselves, um, whether it was like the game for the next week is we're all going to... Um, each day pretend like we're we're one years old and then the next day pretend like we're two years old. And just, so it's kind of high concept games. Yeah, exactly. It's like high concept life games. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to yeah. pretend to be like, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think what another game like that would be, but pretend you're like a, an animal or something or. Yeah. Or like uh, you two, you two go and you, you couple off and sleep foot. together and see okay. what happens. I mean, there was a lot of that kind it's of stuff like too. It's almost like experimenting. It was, it was a very experimental Gaming existence. Experimenting. Okay. Yeah. And they lived kind of a, com a communal existence. Right. Definitely. Uh, at different places. They Where moved was around. this? Is this in California? No, it was mostly in DC and in Virginia. So in D.C., were they like in a rural area or no? Yeah, they ended up buying a lot of different property. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing for them was try to figure out property that they could buy. That is pretty much the whole cult thing. Is is all, It's always the search of property. And once you find property, that's what allows your cult to flourish. That's the yeah. same with like Manson, same with anyone. It's like once, yeah, you get this, once you get this spot, then you can fuck around. Then you can Once you have that land, then you can go fucking crazy. You go crazy, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and back when these guys kind of started getting big in the 60s and 70s, they that was kind of a big thing. There was a lot of people doing that, you mm -hmm. know, like living in rural properties. So it wasn't stuff. as weird of a thing. It wasn't as like, yeah. you didn't, uh, didn't set off as many alarms as it maybe would today. Right, exactly. They had a, a, a lot of property in Culpeper, Virginia. Um, they bought some different houses. They bought a warehouse in uh, Washington. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they, you know, they just sort of like lived outside the norms of society and uh, lived as kind of like a, a big sort of uh, revolving door family with a lot of different intellectuals coming and going, a lot of different kind of like, um, you know, because they were in D.C. and in, in Virginia, they had, I think, like a number of different like, you know, governmental type people coming and going. Um, and it was uh, just sort of like a big, long experiment. And up until um, this thing happened with the uh, whole the whole. Uh, False accusations. Um, mm -hmm. So two of the, two of the guys. Now that sorry, it's good that you asked me about the finders. Now we have some background about them. Yeah. Two of the guys um, took six of the kids down to uh, Florida. These are for like the kids. They're they're kids of some certain people who are in the finders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody knows exactly who the fathers are right. because it was kind of like a, a free for all Ooh. in terms of that. But yeah. the idea was to, and the whole, the whole idea of buying all this property and stuff was for the kids. They 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 endeavored to create. Um, like guilt-free kids, like kids that were, or, or not guilt-free, but like, um, uh, free, like free children that right. were, that were, um, you know, raised kind of uh, in nature. Yeah. And and what they would do is they set up these sort of um, areas on their property where they could keep an eye on the kids, but they kind of left the kids their own devices as well, an almost as, as a, an experiment too in child yeah. raising to see what kind of games these kids would develop amongst themselves to right. see who would become leaders and to see how these kids would self-govern. And Jeez. it never got to like a Lord of the Flies type thing because yeah. they, they would put on these sort of didactic plays for the kids. Uh -huh. So let's say the kids like left out uh, some tools. Mm -hmm. They would have these two characters, the kids would dress, or the, parent, the uh, adults would dress up as these two characters and they would have like a didactic kind of uh, mm -hmm. play acting. They'd go, Bob, you left these tools out. They're going to rust bad, Bob. And the kids knew it was like a, a play yeah. and, and, and a joke and they would laugh at it, but they would also learn that you have to put the tools away instead of yeah. yelling at the kid, you put those tools away. Right. So the whole idea was to like raise free children and they had six kids. Um, so two of the two of the adults were taking 
six of the kids down to Florida for the summer. Um, and that was regular. I mean, that's what these guys would do. They would go and kind of travel and then come back and meet up. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were just sort of into kind of traveling around and doing, doing stuff, going and doing odd jobs right. to pool their money together. And uh, the kids, you know, had like bug bites and were kind of in scrappy clothes. <clears throat> and um, they were in a park in Tallahassee. You know yeah. Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah, that's where I lived there. For uh-huh. They were in a park in Tallahassee, Myers Park. You know where that is? Oh, I don't know. I okay. might. I don't know. I don't think I do. They were a park in Tallahassee. Big city. And they... Um, they they had the kids and they were in a van and somebody saw two adult men with these kind of scrappy kids and they called the cops because right. it was in the height of paranoia about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Cops show up. The guys don't want to answer questions. Everybody gets taken in. Um, somehow this reaches D.C. Yeah. And there's a detective in D.C. who has been keeping an eye on the finders for right. various other reasons. And he uses that as an excuse to get a search warrant to wow. go in and search their D.C. property. Okay. okay. So So then it starts. So then this whole thing starts. And there's a big whole media frenzy. It's on the news about, you know, satanic, you know, because you know, the, the cops in Tallahassee are making all kinds of oh, funky those statements. Guys are dumb They're insane. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. There's, a, there's some stuff that's happened in Tallahassee that is shameful. Really? There, well, this, this is a whole other thing, but... I'll just say it quickly, but basically, not that long ago, a girl who got convicted of um, selling, uh, having enough marijuana to sell, they turned her out and got her to um, be a, a um, what is, what's the word? Informant. An informant. It's someone to help set up other deals so they can bust higher level people. Mm. Higher, higher level people. <laughs> and uh, she got killed. She got shot. Holy she shit. got shot and killed. And she was a nice girl oh, from man. a good family. Fuck. And all because these assholes, they just botched this whole thing. And they, they've since apologized. And severe, and given all, they lost a huge lawsuit. But wow. There's just there's stuff that's going on there that's just. Yeah, apparently one dumb. of the guys that they took, one of the finders that they took in, they, uh, I guess they kept on like tasing him or something in this cell. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, you know. Uh, not a, not a good time for yeah. them. Um, so these guys are in jail, and uh, this now now there's this there's this customs report that's floating around on the internet that is the result of the search warrant of that com- of their compound right. in in D.C. and it details a lot of weird stuff. It details that uh, they found pictures of. Um, the uh, kids and the adults slaughtering a goat, right. dressed up in robes, and like you know, wow, uh, that's so funny. There's kids like God. holding um, the goat uh, fetuses from the pregnant goat's uh, womb and stuff. They found um, pictures of the finders naked, hanging out and stuff. They found. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what else they found. You know, the thing is, they found they found uh, like a book on witchcraft. Right. But they found that among like hundreds of other books, including you know the, every book on every major world religion there is. So right. it's you know things are out of context. You know, uh, Patch Adams. Yeah. The uh, Robin Williams the doctor, uh, played. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. He, he was a friend of there of the okay. Finders, and he was like their doctor, and he he defended them in the media when all this was happening. He said, you know, they were living on a farm, mm-hmm. and the goats were uh, like attacking people and acting feral, and they wanted some food. And they wanted to impress upon the kids the seriousness of killing animals. Right. And so they dressed up in robes to make it into like a game. <laughs> and they killed the goats and ate them. It's, people have been doing it for hundreds of years. There's no... For thousands. Thousands. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> thousands of years. So, and, the, and these people, you have to understand the finders, they're not religious people. They're not... Right. They're, um, most of them are like atheists and like, you know, overeducated, yeah. uh, um, you know... Uh, people um, in different areas like the other thing that's really interesting about these guys is that even back in the 80s these guys had email oh wow the finders they had uh, like MCI Jeez. mail I think it was called so they were like kind of uh, real high tech yeah and uh, the people who brought that high tech element to the finders are people that don't want me to interview them and so I haven't really been able to talk to why don't they want you to interview them eh, they've gone on to other stuff and also if you google some of the names of the people that are involved in this you get all, you get them attached to all kinds of crazy shit you know? so they just want to like not be associated with that anymore exactly there's yeah. a word of still some sort of fallout exactly now mm. 
The interesting thing about this customs report is that I recently on camera interviewed an FBI agent, mm -hmm. former FBI agent, who um, also searched the scene and right. handled the case for the FBI and who uh, helped exonerate the finders and get them out of trouble because okay. she realized that there was nothing there and that it was all right. a bunch of BS. Um, but yet this customs report is still floating around the internet and it's still cited as a major example of the fact that like there's a CIA thing because at the end of the report it says <coughs> this thing about an unnamed source told me that it's been turned over to you know the CIA as an internal matter. Right. Now the FBI woman who, who I interviewed refutes that and says that no she closed the case right. because it was all bullshit and she made made this agent who wrote the original reports uh, from for customs sign off on this thing saying that like he mistook a bunch of stuff um, I've also contacted the guy who wrote the report and I'm mm -hmm. supposed to interview him too um, but uh, I'm trying to think that that's pretty much the story of the finders the um, they ended up suing each other over over property and stuff when after finders amongst yeah after, yeah after this thing happened after the kids got taken away for a while and after these two guys spent I think it was like a month or so in jail um, the uh, there was a major schism in the group where a lot of the mothers um, ended up going n not letting um, the leader tell them what to do in terms of the whole fiasco right. but they ended up going with the authorities and like just cooperating as much as possible right and um, they left the group and they took most of their kids with them and when the group had no more kids and only, and few less women there there's not much of a group anymore yeah, there's, so there's no there's no chance to expand and there's no reason to have all the land yeah so they all started suing each other uh, years later actually after all this they all kind of uh, started suing each other over over land and stuff like that and even after even while they were suing each other they were they were still friends and kind of like joking about it right. almost it's very odd um, and a lot of them have reconciled since then but uh, I've gotten to know you know at least one of the kids the, really? the grown kids yeah one of the kids who was in Florida when that health exactly yeah. yeah one of the kids who was raised in this environment and in terms of the conspiracy theory I mean you know the thing the thing that's really interesting that fascinates me about conspiracy theorists and all that kind of stuff is that it's almost like a religion because I can say to them, hey, I've met this kid. Right. He's really a well-adjusted well kid. He's very smart. He's really confident in himself. And he um, has a very... Uh, uh, he's a normal person. ...well-rounded outlook yeah. on life. Better than a normal person. Right. He's not... And, and he's not... He doesn't remember ever being subjected to any satanic ritual mm -hmm. abuse or anything like that. And of course, their response would be, oh, well, the conditioning was so effective that it compartmentalized his personality to the point where right. you're not seeing the, the super spy or something. Well, who's, so, who would be saying that to you? There's who's, a there's a, a pretty good handful of conspiracy theorists that believe this whole this whole thing. So they believe that they the They think finders, it's part of the whole New World Order. and They think the finders were some sort of like splinter cell of the New, New World Order that was run by the CIA. Yep. And these things that were happening, this supposed... Satanic stuff was just part of the conditioning. Right. God, that's so crazy. How do those people get to? How do they get to believe that? Because you said the CIA or the FBI, whatever the, the investigative body that looked into it, they've been exonerated, and they managed to turn that whole thing over. Yeah. So in who, fact, in the news media, most of them actually turned came around, and figured the news it out media, that which yeah, is pretty rare. Yeah, they pretty much figured out that it was kind of a joke because the finders like invited all the press into their compound right. and went on camera. Wearing a, a Ronald Reagan mask because oh, okay. he wanted to, he wanted to hide his identity. Actually, one of the one of the spokesmen that well, I've so, actually interviewed. So it was like a witch hunt then, basically. It was a mass, yeah, it was a massive witch hunt, witch hunt from the FBI. Yeah, but the thing is, there's I mentioned the McMartin case. There's still yeah. people that think that the McMartin case was was all real. real, and this all goes back to a small basically. The, the whole idea of the um, satanic ritual sex slave right. CIA spy thing goes back to. Um, 
the Manchurian Candidate, the movie, and right. also someone named, this is a little bit lesser known, there's someone named uh, Kathy O'Brien, I believe, who wrote mm -hmm. a book about how this all happened to her as something called Project Monarch. <laughs> that was like a subsplinter of MK wow. Ultra, And she claims that like... Um, uh, President Ford like carved a face on her uterus Jesus. and all this shit. There's video of it online. You can see it. You can see that. You can see that. You can see the face carved on this girl's uterus. This woman's uterus online. But it, but it's not. It, it's just yeah. like she has a funny pussy. You know what I mean? There's no. <laughs> there's no like. There's a, it's not so, President Ford. So, but this is a great. It's a great. It's a really wow. fun book. It talks about like how you know Clinton was like doing cocaine off of her tits and all. You know Jeez. she she was brought up in like a multi generational satanic abuse family and all this stuff. God. And that's what really popularized it. There's also a, a fellow named Ted Gunderson. Mm -hmm. Familiar with that guy? No. He's never been on Coast, but uh, he is really responsible for almost single-handedly launching the whole Finders uh, conspiracy theory. He is a, an interesting guy. He died. I wanted to interview him for my Finders documentary, but mm -hmm. he, he died um, about less than a year ago. Did he get killed by, by Satanists? No, he, <laughs> did, he didn't get killed by, by Satanists or by the New World Order. He died of cancer like everybody else. Yeah. But, uh, well, but the New World Order, they probably put that cancer thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Of course. Yeah, when, just, yeah. when he discovered uh, the reptilians. Right. Which he was into. <laughs> I mean, this, but anyway, Ted Gunderson, was a, he was a retired FBI agent. Right. He was, this guy was an actual FBI agent, and I think he went a little bit off the deep end, and maybe they fired him or maybe he quit or I don't know, but he became a private investigator, and he investigated the Martin case. Right. And he he came up with a very different, you know, uh, outcome on the case than the cops and everyone else did. He thought he believed it was all true. Yeah. And he he Jeez. felt that he he was able to prove that there was tunnels underneath there, and God. and he really um so he kind of launched a whole career off of uh, going to conspiracy conventions mm -hmm. and and talking about the finders and the new world order. And he would go he, for ten bucks he would sell a little information packet, and the first few pages were from like a a Reader's Digest article from the early '80s about like missing kids. Wow. And there was another page about how um. The dates that kids go missing correspond with satanic. Oh my God. Uh, That's my favorite. Satanic, but it's not true though. Anytime, it's like, anytime it's, there's like a, like a numbers thing, that yeah. always makes me laugh the most because it's so easy to um, to do numbers in a way that like over here. Yeah. yeah, numbers are just the oh, yeah. easiest things to fudge it's or very, to, very to create like a pat. Yeah. Oh, there's a pattern here. There's yeah. a pattern. Mm -hmm. I think so, I think it's what they call it the moving target phenomenon. I think it's, I think that's it. The idea that you can if if you. Um, if you move a target around, you can always get a bullseye. Uh -huh. It's like, oh, look, this, this person's getting a bullseye every time. No, it's because you're fucking... Right. Yeah. Or so, inversely, it's like, uh, it's like you know, Richard, know Richard Feynman, the, oh, the physicist. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, Richard, right. uh, he's written some, written some good books on, on physics for, for lay people, but he... Uh, he, he used to, he used to, in his lectures, he used to say, you know, it was the most amazing thing. Uh, when I was walking through the parking lot, I saw a license plate that said 4IY7RX24. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. Right. You know what I mean? It's like like those those letters are just as specific as seeing something that you actually do understand. Yeah. But you know, but you don't think of it because it's something that you don't understand. So right. it's the same thing with numbers, I guess. Yeah, you you have a, a way of people turn make things significant because they relate to them and on just because it relates to them in a way that they understand it's yeah. significant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this Ted Gunderson guy um, and also in his, in his packet, he, he would sell the, uh, the customs report mm -hmm. that detail his finder stuff as proof of the whole, you know, conspiracy. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think pretty much the whole story. So I'm making this documentary. It's got, uh, so far I've interviewed, um, kind of the, I guess you could say sort of the right hand man of the, of the leader. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed the uh, FBI agent who, 
um, investigated them. And she, if you've seen uh, Silence of the Lambs, this FBI agent that I interviewed, she was the uh, inspiration for the Clarice. For Clarice, yeah, Starling, yeah. uh, wow. Starling, Starling, the yeah. character. Yeah, the, when Thomas Harris wrote the book Silence of the Lambs, he he interviewed her as kind of oh, a. Cool. I mean, now I tell that to people, and they go, "Oh, do, does that mean there's a real, you know, Hannibal Lecter?" And it's like, huh. no, they yeah. they don't understand. Like, yeah. you know, it's a back, background character thing. Partial. So. Well, so does that mean that um. So, have you talked to someone who's one of these people who's uh, really uh, interested in the whole, who, who believes the conspiracy? Who really? No, and that's the thing is that I, I, I uh, I'm trying to remain kind of even about it because right. I don't want, I don't want uh, to scare anybody like that off and have right. them think that I'm uh, going to make them look idiotic. Stupid, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I did want to interview Ted Gunderson, but he died. Right. I did, I had an interview lined up with a conspiracy theorist, but he kind of fell out because his girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> um, and then I've got interviews lined up with uh, the uh, the son of the leader, okay, who lived kind of a different life, but managed most of his dad's finances. Right. And I have interviews lined up with two conspiracy, th- I guess you could call them conspiracy theorists, right? Um, uh, uh, Len Bracken and uh, uh, Ken. Ah, um, oh, crap. Ken, oh shit. Ken J. Co. No. <laughs> Ken Wish Da. <laughs> I'll think of it. Ken anyway, Timo. this guy, yeah, the, the, these, these guys are uh, conspiracy theorists who kind of heard about the whole finders conspiracy and they just walked onto the property yeah. and interviewed the leader. And they okay. and they got to know these people and they kind of came to the same conclusion that the FBI agent came to right. and that I have come to, which is that there's there was nothing there. Right. It was all just kind of a, drummed up. Why do you think the, that was drummed up in the first place? What do you think? The, I think it was something where they, they just, they thought these people were out of step and needed to be like needed to be um, persecuted or something so I, I always wonder about that what's the motivation for someone to do that kind of thing initially to, why they got in yeah, trouble to try to try to create something that isn't there to try to try to uh, make uh, evidence or you know what I mean try, try I to think, I think that whenever anybody is different or mm-hmm. has a different lifestyle or lives differently right. pe- it scares people and they and they uh, you know the nail that sticks out uh, gets hammered down yeah you know? That, that's that is true. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of, I wish I, I feel terrible. I can't remember Ken's name. Ken, that's okay. Oh, fuck. Anyway, well, sorry. He, I'm supposed to interview him. You could he, just he say writes, he writes a conspiracy journal. Hmm? You could say he well, he wanted to remain anonymous. We'll call him Ken. Ken, Ken, Ken Thomas. L. I think it's Ken. No. Oh, Ken Thomas. Anyway, he writes a conspiracy a journal called a uh, Steam Shovel Press. Steam Shovel Press. That's ancient times. Yeah. Steam. How did you initially get interested in the finders? Through, because I was researching the whole satanic panic thing. Okay, right. And then this was kind of like a almost like a little side story in right. terms of that. I came across yeah. it, and uh, I thought that the story, the the conspiracy theory itself, the idea was so amazing. Right. And I and I, when I was reading the the customs report and some of the stuff that's online from FOIA requests, it has names of people. It has people's names. It has yeah. the names of the two guys who were arrested. And so I I tracked so them very down. Specific. Yeah, I tracked these guys down. I tracked down actual people who are named as being you know former members of this group. I contacted them and I said, hey, I'm doing this documentary and I think that maybe there's kind of more to the story here. And you know, do you want to do you want to talk to me? And I've gotten some some responses good and some some people don't want to talk. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. It's nice. It's it's specific. Yeah. Exactly. You can dig. You can dig into it deep. Yeah. Like snus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people, people, um, you should check out Tyler's documentary. You can check out, you can donate to it, and you can also check out f- footage that he's you've already shot. So yeah, I put I just put up some them. footage online with the yeah. with the uh, FBI lady who was very cool. It's compelling. It's compelling, and it's at. Uh, well, let's see. There's, there's. I, I have a fundraiser to try to get my trip going to uh, DC because that's where there's a lot of stuff that I have mm-hmm. to shoot, and that's at indie. Let's see. You know, Indiegogo. It's at Indiegogo.com/slash. Finders DC trip. That's all one word. Finders DC trip. This will be on the website for the <laughs> podcast. You can visit. Yeah. Please do. 
and find more out about the finers and Tyler will make a amazing documentary that you'll be a part of. You can be an executive producer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And listen to Coast to Coast. Yeah. UFO Phil. <laughs> I can't stand him. We need like a yeah, I mean we need like a a closer. A hobo camp Phil here. We're we're sitting in this hobo camp. We need a, right. We're sitting in a hobo camp. There's a um a package of Kool-Aid label. We've got some uh double uh, XL rollout and win blunt wrap. Like tutti frutti flavor, whatever the fuck. <coughs> we got some airheads here. This is a true motherfucking shit house hobo camp. This it's is like, bad. this is like the deep. This is a certain kind of redneck that only lives in San Bernardino. It's like a sugar redneck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it's all just sugar. Yeah, dude, this guy's sugar like, and plastic. It's like a diabetic redneck. Diabetic redneck. But look at this. This is the funniest thing. There's a little packet of pink uh, sugar substitute. Oh yeah, you, yeah, he doesn't want to have real sugar. He's got to have sugar substitute. Jesus. And we found a wristwatch hanging out there by the lake. There's some underwear. There's, there's always, whenever there's a hobo camp, there's always some underwear. There's always underwear. Sometimes there's just, like, <laughs> shit on it. I, I feel like the, the word hobo is a misnomer for this because hobos are, I, when I think of hobo, I think of a nice old classic railroad type uh-huh. guy. But this is clearly some type of a... Deranged l- motherfucker. L- l- like a fucking um, <laughs> meth head camping <laughs> yeah, out here, smoking on some... Oh, who knows? It's like some friend of Jesse Pinkman. Who's that? Oh, yeah, from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to. You find it? You find the name? I got, yeah. I feel terrible if I don't. It's okay. Let's see here. Oh, man. I'm going to stop down. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe how cold it is. It's so cold. Are you fucking serious? Are you branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.